lords, my ladies, and everybody else here not sitting on a cushion. Well, we have a rather curious subject this morning. To study our heritage from the past is not simply a waste of time, because most of that heritage is still with us. I think it's, it's important to live life with a knowledge of its mystery and of your own mystery. And it gives life a, a new zest, a new balance, a new harmony to do this. The human story is much more complicated and much more mysterious than we've been taught. We need to wake up as a human species. We need to become our own leaders. This is, the, in my view, the next step forward. When people find out what it is that's ticking in them, they get straightened out. We can win the fight, but we can win a little every day. And every day when we make the smallest victory, there will be a little more of happiness and a little less of pain. Every day, one step forward, even a small decision, will strengthen us for another one tomorrow. And gradually, these right decisions will bring us enlightenment and companionship in the spiritual adventure of existence. Just There's a lot of elements to it, and it's very, it almost stresses me out. Really? You know, it's just like... And then the piano just jamming along. It all sounds great. It's harmonious. It's a good song, but like... I can't see myself like yeah, it's a hype song because it does yeah, kind of yeah. get you going. But like I'm sitting. That's what I listen to like, at the gym. Yeah. Okay. See that in that setting, yeah. it's fine. Like like. Or if I'm just here, driving around, generally fucking mad at the world. Yeah. You know. It what I mean? it, uh, it it raises the energy levels. You know, yeah. like um definitely. It's the opposite to, of Trevor. We used to put good rain on right <laughs> before we do these, and that is not. Yeah. Good rain. You know no, what I mean? No, that no. one kind of. I can close my eyes and do this now. I, I could see myself in in uh, situations. It being useful, but uh, music is medicine. Yeah, you know? yeah. So in that sense, um, I'd have to find a use for that. This a lot of noise. I don't listen to a lot with that much going on. Yeah, you're you're an Avid Brothers guy. Yeah, uh, just just bare bones. <laughs> just Lumineers, Avid Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Give me an acoustic guitar, piano, and a good voice, and yeah. that's where I like to. <laughs> that's my playground. God, I get it. I so get it. Um, welcome to Wayfinder, everybody. It's Adam and JC. Hello. Good to see you. Um, we just turned on uh, Natalie Rise. If you guys haven't listened to Natalie Rise, you should go check her out. Um, unless, like JC, you, uh, you, it's easy for you to get hyper-stimulated. Well, but like her Sugar Sack sessions, uh, the acoustic versions that I've oh, heard yeah. of her music is absolutely uh, uh, magical. Like, it, it, it's, it's a stripped-down... You know, yeah, I don't even know if I've listened to much of her Sugar Shack sessions. She's only got a couple songs on there that I know of, but those are the ones that uh, I'll go to that yeah. are in my algorithm of right. my YouTube playlist. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, she has that song "One People." It's a beautiful song. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really chill and, and acoustic and stuff and like she's that. She's got a wonderful voice, yeah. and uh, I just, yeah, that's just where I, that's my playground where I hang out with music. It's, it's simple. It. There's not much to it, but she's powerful, man. Mm -hmm. She's powerful. Lyrically amazing, too. You yeah. Know, we were beating our heads against the wall, what, two days ago, coming up with a second verse for a song. And, uh, you know, the way that we write and the, where the lyrics come from, it's important to us. We're not just yeah. putting down things that rhyme. And I'm watching the, the lyrics of that song, you know, fly across the bottom, trying to keep up with her as she's saying them. Yeah. The cadence is so quick. But to read them, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, she's really got a message in there and an important one. And so articulately put and then to rhyme in verse with it you know it's just she's masterful. crazy crazy masterful. crazy talented yeah it, it is a masterful thing yeah nelly rise is cool as shit 
<sighs> man. Okay. Um, well, uh, I wanted to talk today. Um, we got the election going on, and we had the coronavirus going on. Yeah, we're, everybody's scared. I'm everybody's so scared. fucking worried. I'm so scared right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm so worried. <laughs> I, uh, man, I was I was at the dentist this morning. It was a lot scarier than the coronavirus to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, they didn't have to put any needles in my mouth or anything. They just had to, like pull off a crown in the back. I did, got a root canal like, oh. a, a year ago or yeah, that, six months ago or whatever. That is uh, not fun. Yeah. Or enjoyable, or uh, you don't look forward to it uh-uh. in any way, shape, or form. No, it could have been a lot worse, but you know they they weren't able to fix the crown, so I've got to like go back in two weeks because the one that they had 3D printed for me or whatever they do didn't fit. So I got to go back in like three weeks, do mm. this all over again. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. So I want to thank your lovely wife for hooking me up at the dental place. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, she's back at work now. She is back at work yeah. now. How's the baby it's doing? Her first week back. Baby's great. Um, he. He's a, a happy baby, and so I can only, you know, take full credit for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's all you. It's yeah, definitely me. No, he's a happy, healthy, growing um, baby, and you know, parent life is parent life. It's beautiful and uh, stressful and uh, and um, saturated with body fluids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Been shit, shit on, pissed on, puked on. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly. Well, it's just going to go into my memoirs as well. You know, before I even had uh, this baby, I had for a long time said that one day I'm going to write a book, and the name of the book was going to be Bodily Fluids. Yes. Because I, I, I worked in childcare for. We, we for talked 10 about years. this, yeah, before you yeah. had your baby. I remember, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a million stories of being working in, in childcare with, with kids of all ages, and uh, the stories, ugh, they're ridiculous. What was the one? Accurate. What was the one with the fucking movie theater? Oh no! What was that? I'll tell it. Tell it. I I I've, I've wanted you to tell this on air for a long time, but I always forget that it's a thing. Yeah. It's what was What was this story? Okay. You tell the story while I fuck with this mic cord. Okay. So, uh, not even a hundred yards from where we're filming this podcast right now is a movie theater, and uh, uh, so when I worked in daycare, every summer we would take the kids in the afternoons after they would have lunch, about seventy to eighty kids at a time to do field trips so we take them skating and all that well we take them to the movies as well from time to time um and so you take 70 plus kids into a movie theater you get all the tickets you get them all lined up you get them in there and you get them seated and then before the movie starts now's your chance to go to the bathroom because you just can't do that all throughout a movie every time an eight-year-old kid wants to go to the bathroom with 80 kids it you're just somebody's just going to be constantly in and out the way that the daycare system works is a ratio system so only so many teachers can watch so many kids so we take them to the bathroom before and this is where the magic of this story really (laughs) takes place i'm the only male on the field trip so i have to take all the boys um i think it was like 12 or 14 into a uh, movie theater urinal. And if you've ever been into a movie theater urinal, they're the only um, sacrilegious bathroom because they don't put dividers between, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just like 20, What's up with that? 20 urinals. No, not even the little six inch, just little space. So obviously there's always a problem. They all line up, you know, to go pee and uh, start sword fighting. Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of kids. So the way that I do it, I've always done it, is I turn my back to them and look in the mirror at right. the reflection, just indirectly, just sure kind of fucking everything yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, or peeing on each other. Like kids are crazy. Like yeah, somebody yeah. will just pee on another one. Um, and uh, in this process, one of the kids starts screaming my name, Mr. JC, Mr. JC, Mr. JC. And I'm like, guys, 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 stop looking at each other and just go to the bathroom. Yeah. Eyes forward, eyes forward. And he goes, no, 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 no. It popped. It popped. 
he starts to scream. So now I have to turn around, and <sighs> there is a young man, and he couldn't have been some eight, eight, ten years old, and he is squirting blood out of his private area, right out of the urethra. There's <sighs> blood at his heart palpitations. Boom, 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 boom. It's going. <laughs> and he's screaming, it popped, it popped, it popped. Fuck. Now I have 13 other kids, and this kid who I'm convinced is going to die. You know, <laughs> like, by the way, I think I'm 19 years old. <laughs> so, not, highly, highly qualified child care professional. Not exactly equipped for this situation. Yeah. So, first thing, CPR training, all that comes, I'm like, we need to apply pressure to this wound. Right. And so I grab a bunch of paper towels and I wad them up into a ball. And I reach out to hand him the, yeah. you got to put this on there, buddy. And he just kind of like leans out. Sticks it out at yeah. you. I'm like, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. He's a kid. He's used to, you know, he's got a cut on his finger. He sticks his hand out at mom and she handles it. <laughs> put, it put the wad in his hand. I'm like, put pressure on it. And so he's holding that. I'm like, everybody back into the, into the movie theater now. And I'm getting on the phone. And uh, I call the daycare and I'm like, something happened. You know, so I'm telling them what's going on. And they're like, oh, you got to get him to the hospital right now. You got to get him to the hospital right now. We took a school bus, yeah, like a, a big yellow school bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody in one vehicle. Yeah. So now I've got to load, somehow get him out into a school bus and leave everybody behind and hope that I'll be back in time with the school bus to pick up all the kids before the movie. And yeah. so there's just a lot of moving parts here and still don't know what's going on with his privates. So the next step of this is I have to now with a, a 19, I don't look like a parent. I'm, I'm like five foot four 90 pounds okay <laughs> and i'm dressed like a, an idiot 19 year old in 2005 you right. know <laughs> <laughs> fucking so, uh, ch checkerboard vans on and now i have an eight-year-old hispanic boy who looks nothing like me yeah we don't look related oh, we yeah. don't look like we belong oh yeah as a as a pair walking out of a movie theater bathroom his with privates. a bloody cloth around his private around his privates crying for his mom <sighs> as i'm just like patting him on the back like it's okay buddy like we just gotta get out of here you go load him into your van you gotta get out of here so as <laughs> <laughs> we're walking past like the ticket queue where they take your tickets when you walk into the movie theater or whatever sir the girl goes uh, um uh is there and i was like I explained the situation. I'm like, I'm with the daycare. We just came in, brought all those kids. He's had a horrible accident, and I've got to get him to the hospital. And she goes, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And I was like, yeah. And she yells across the room. She goes, they're with the daycare. They're with the daycare. And the lady's on the phone with the police, like the manager of the movie theater. Oh, and so she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And she comes running over with her cordless phone with the Garland Police Department. Yeah. And she's like, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm with the daycare. And so she's like, what happened? And I'm like, I'm not sure, but he needs to go to the hospital like right now. And she's like, okay, I need to verify who you are. So we go grab another teacher. And she's like, they're with the daycare. She has no idea what's happening. Jesus. So she's, shot, she's caught off guard. And uh, I get into the, the school bus. And I, he's in the back, and I'm like, it's okay, man, it's okay. And uh, I'm driving this school bus out of the parking lot. No CDL. Never driven this thing before. <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. And it's a huge bus. Uh, and I'm headed back to the daycare, or to the hospital, and they call me. Daycare calls me, so I answer, and I said, oh, what's going on? And they said, bring him to the daycare. Mom's here. Uh, she's going to take him to the hospital. Like, okay, cool. And so head, head over to the daycare, drop him off with mom. Mom's wildly calm. Yeah. Um, and they leave They go to the hospital And then uh, um, I'm like what What did mom say The fuck Well he had uh, Not been circumcised When he was born Yeah And mom changed her mind And he's in like The second grade Right Third grade Great And so You can do it that late 
you know, obviously, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of maintenance and upkeep. And so what happened was is there's an ointment that he was supposed to put on. And so where they had cut, the skin had grown over the end. Fuck. And so when he hadn't peed all day and mom didn't give him his ointment. And so that was the first time. And it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. So he goes to pee and he tears. And so it was just a simple tear cut in a very sensitive place. But, dude, it was bleeding so crazy. And you're just you've never <laughs> experienced tear until some little kid turns around. And it's just this most horrifying situation. My mom's like, no, it's fine. We'll get it. We'll get it taken care of. Uh, he was back at daycare by the time we got back from the field trip and everything was OK. Wonderful. But in that moment. Uh, the world had come to an end and he was going to die and I was, he was going to like I, I didn't know what was go- you're just you're not prepared for that situation I don't care who you are no you're never going to ever be prepared no fuck no, no there's no preparing for that that one's that one's uh, uh, it's uh, up there a, a, a big big one but I have about I mean it's 10 years so yeah. that happened something crazy like that happened like several times a month yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? I mean, you got a hundred and whatever kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're taking all these kids from all different years. walks of life with all different um, ideas, and they're all becoming their own little individuals, and, and their bodies are all, like, working, and we don't know what they're – so we just get them for an extended period of yeah. time. And uh, so, yeah, I could literally fill a book up with the shenanigans that goes on of taking care of – the daycare would run, like, three pl- 300 plus, uh, you know, kids of all ages from eight weeks to – Sixth grade. Yeah, no wonder you got out of that shit and went into the military. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, then I went back, you know. <laughs> right after the military, I ended up there for seven more years, you know. So and I ended up getting my, like, director's license, and I got a CDL finally. Yeah. So Good for uh, you. So next time a little kid's dick explodes, you can grab them. <laughs> like, you're legal. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it, it you can find In all fairness, you don't look like you, you know, I- any, any, any more qualified than you did at 19. It's your long-ass hair and beard. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. No, and I didn't then when I was in that that role. Uh, yeah. So that was that was fun. Yeah. But no, um, that was one of the worst things, and I can reference that in the middle of a chaotic situation. Like you got this, JC. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. I love your stories. You do have a lot of good stories. I, you know, when we first started this podcast, like two year, two years ago, I was like, man, I really want jc's fucking story time to be like a thing yeah we didn't and, we, we, and we haven't really done that no <laughs> and that's fine I'm, I'm not gonna squeeze you for it but like every once in a while i'm gonna i'm gonna pull some of that shit out because I, I keep forgetting but like you have endless fucking stories oh, i'm i'm uh, i'm just walking anecdotes yeah. like <laughs> life experience <laughs> oh i love it man i needed a laugh i needed a laugh you um you woke up um to you were telling me earlier somebody really been out of shape mm-hmm. because you made a, a, a post on instagram and 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 i i stole the post and, and reposted it on my story too about yeah. the um all of the you know all of the years we've had all these different I think it's like 15 years like 15 years of existential threats getting dropped in our lap mm-hmm. like going back beyond y2k I think it starts. I think they start at y2k. So it's 19 years started yeah. at y, y2k, y2K is going to kill us all. Yeah, it's the 20, first one. 21 years now. Yeah. Um, y2k is going to get us. We survived mm-hmm. by the skin of our teeth. I mean, that was rough. Yeah, uh, and then we had we had SARS, we had all these other things, right? And Ebola, E. coli, all, all these different outbreaks, all this stuff, right? And um, to use like SARS as a, as an example, because um, one of our friends, Kevin, who we work with, mm-hmm. he's Taiwanese. He's got family over there in China and Taiwan, and and um, 
born and raised there, right? Super, super, you know, traditional Taiwanese family and, and Chinese family and stuff like that. And they're all over there. And like he was saying, like SARS was a huge deal over there. Mm-hmm. And in all likelihood, the coronavirus is a huge deal over there. It is. You it know is. what I mean? Um, but we've seen, you know, like SARS didn't really happen here mm-hmm. like it did over there. Nothing, yeah. l- not even a shadow of what, what it was over there. I imagine coronavirus is going to be about the same. Yes. But nonetheless, the, the news the news stations are going to keep streaming this shit. Oh, yeah, because it, it gets fear it's, it's mongering and then they get ratings. And then, you know, I was trying to explain this to my 10 year old daughter. You know, it's like they're talking about it and they're getting everybody concerned so they can make money. And she goes, well, how do they make money? I said, the more people that are watching Fox News all day are the more advertisements to get across yeah. those eyeballs. And that's where they get paid. And she yeah. goes, so the commercials pay the TV shows? And I'm like, yeah, it's all they're all it's all about the TV show gets the ratings and then they want their commercials on that show. And she's going really you know and like the the dynamics of of the psychology and she's 10 she's not fully getting it yeah, but yeah. we're in it right now with this coronavirus of straight just just fear-mongering for ratings um for attention you know it's uh it's all to to induce a uh, terror so you you need to know what's going on yeah. you know you need to be reading the articles you need to be watching the news stories you need to be plugged in so it doesn't happen to you yeah 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 and we've talked about this too like the um the crazy thing is, is that cortisol is our stress hormone. Mm-hmm. And whenever you, whenever you're, you're stressed, like let's say you're just like existentially stressed because you're afraid that the fucking coronavirus is going to hit you, like cortisol kills your immune system. Your body is trying to, um, it's it's in this fight or flight mode, mm-hmm. and it's just trying to manage and make sure that everything's okay, full time. Like that's what it's doing. It's just looking out. It's being alert. It's feeding your 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 adrenaline. It's doing all kinds of other shit when your cortisol, when your stress is up, um, and it kills your immune system, you know. And so it's like you're more likely to get sick from the fucking stress or to die by a snake bite mm-hmm. than you are to die from coronavirus. Right. You know. Right. It's a it's a wacky thing, but uh, you made that post on Instagram and somebody you woke up to somebody who was just totally irate. Yep. Yep, I uh, I have a, a follower on this page, and I had just reposted on a post, and we, we talked about all that, and it's on my story. It's been on my story, and I got a couple people that would send me, you know, you can, like, an emoji respond. Yeah. You know, you don't have to write any Somebody words. Somebody sent you a middle finger. Somebody just send me, like, Son mad faces or, like, or the, the scratching their chin, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, like, so uh, I get that, but then at 6.30, I got, the coronavirus is is in the United States, and it's real. In all caps with exclamation marks. All right, I'll bite. I'm just sitting here with my kid waiting, waiting to leave for work. Feeding the baby. Right. I was like, did you read the post? Of course, but you you can't say it's not real. My daughter had it a year ago. Okay, did you read the post? Because <laughs> it doesn't say anything about, about it being real, being or, not real, real. or not real. I said, I totally get it. It's a thing. It's a totally scary thing. The post is saying, don't buy into this whole like it's gonna kill all of us yeah like i'm not not super worried about she goes no i get that i get that but it's real and you can't deny it and i'm like what in the world is going on and this is one of these this a perfect example of these people because i run into them all the time you can't avoid it everybody's reposting on social media it's all over the news it's on the radio everybody's talking about it 
And so you've got all these people that are just wound up tight that they're going to get the coronavirus. Everybody's going to get the coronavirus. I mean. Yeah, I'm not as worried about the virus um, as I am the people who are worried about the virus. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about the people who are worried about the virus. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, because I do remember back to the Y2K stuff, you know, and it's like there was there was no water in the stores. There was no food in the stores. And yeah. people were really tripping the fuck out. Um, but, you know, we're good. Yeah. We, you know, we've, we, we've got our we've got our food stores. We got crates of MREs and a bunch of beef and pork and catfish. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not that concerned. I'm not. It doesn't keep me up at night. Yeah. It shouldn't keep anybody up at night unless you uh, are in the nursing home in Seattle where there's a current outbreak in the United States. But that's all like elderly people. Yeah. They should be concerned. Yeah. The flu is just as concerning. <laughs> right. In fact, more so yeah. from what I've read about the symptoms of this thing that the, the flu is. Uh, what does it do? I don't even know what a, it does. It's a respiratory. It's a respiratory thing? So it's like a pneumonia thing. So it's going to give you a bunch of symptoms that are going to cause. No uh, zombie thing. No, no, no. No zombie no. reaction. You do crave. Uh, raw meat, raw meat, not but not human, human flesh. Yeah. But yeah, they're all eating raw steaks and raw fish. And Man, I used to really crave raw meat all the time. Anyway, really? Yeah, yeah. So eat really rare steaks. So you just be just kind of normal. Yeah, with a maybe with a, a cough, a little cough. <laughs> now, it just doesn't sound that bad. No, to me. and it shouldn't be that bad, and it's not. But <sighs> what happens? Not just with this, but with anything. I mean, take take a um, a weather formation, right? Uh, I w experienced this, and it, it, it still impacted. Um, we got a, a shelter dog, rescued a do uh, pit bull. Wonderful dog. Uh, she's lovely, and we had had her for several weeks, I'd say six weeks or so, and been through fireworks and storms and never really had any issues with her. Um, and we're just having a, a good old evening, and we live down by a lake, and so we're on the edge of the lake. And if you ever live near a flat body of water, storms can just pick up steam on on a lake you know yeah. so we always end up getting high winds hard rainfall lightning thunder and we're just used to it you know i'm not uh ever been freaked out by you know storms and weather bugs and let's go all sit in the closet sure my parents were that way and i just it never we did it so many times and it nothing ever happened that eventually i just became like well it's, it's a weather formation so yeah you get alarm fatigue right yeah so we're sitting there uh Enjoying our evening, and my wife gets a phone call from uh, her mother, and she's like, are you guys okay? Yeah, what's going on? You know, <laughs> she's just cooking, chilling at the house, yeah, having a good time. having a good evening. we got yeah. music going, having I get dinner. those phone calls from my mom, too. Yeah, and she goes, you got to get the news on. You got to get the news on. Well, we don't have TV. Right. I have a set of <laughs> rabbit ears that yeah. when I need to watch local news, we have a TV in the kitchen, a little older TV, and it's got a set of rabbit ears. So I'm in there in the middle of a thunderstorm. You know, trying to get my rabbit ears to work. Can we get the news on? And they're like, if you live in the town that we were in, you need to take shelter now. And, you know, the weather guy's got his jacket off, which you know he's serious at that oh, yeah. point in time. She gets real. Ties yeah, all loose. Yeah, ties loose. You know, he's Sweat just, on his forehead. He's been talking for 45 his... minutes straight, and they're not letting any commercials air. And this is like a weatherman's time to shine. Oh, this yeah. This is where the prime example of, of ratings, more important than actual factual information, yeah. comes in. Because they just run that thing, and he's just running out it's of shit to say. There's all these fucking like CGI graphics on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. There's little there's, tornadoes and then everywhere. They'll, they'll cut to like somebody out in the field, and they're like, "Yeah, it's raining really hard, and we don't see a tornado, but you can definitely sense ones in the air." You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Yep." So everybody needs to take shelter, get away from windows and doors. And so 
my daughter starts to get really stressed out. And she's like, Dad, are we going to be okay? And I'm like, you're fine. She's like, do we, do we take shelter? And I was like, no, we don't take shelter. And my, my wife's starting, well, should we? Should I just get everything ready? Should I make a spot? Like, should we? And my dog is in the middle of this, by the way, going, what in the fuck is going on? Yeah. The energy in this house just changed. Meanwhile, it's thundering, winds blowing. It sounds bad outside, yeah, yeah. but it's from it's this part of the world. It's a thunderstorm. They're scary sounding if you let them be. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, by we, the way, you don't get those everywhere else in the country, come to find out. Yeah, yeah. When I was uh, when I was uh, in uh, Wichita Falls in AIT training, a guy came running down the hallway and he was like, "JC, you're from around here, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "What do we do?" And I was like, "Oh, it's just a thunderstorm." And he's like, "I've never experienced this. In my blew my mind." Sullivan had the same experience down here. Oh, that's right. He was yeah, staying he in my he was one. staying in my camper <laughs> when he came down here to visit, and there was what fucking, the fuck was that? What the fuck? There's wind <laughs> and lightning and thunder, and he's like, apparently they don't get those in Connecticut. Well, this one was just a good old thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. So we do this for thirty minutes, and then starts to come to an end wind dies down maybe Clouds a little part little little distance rainbow. but nothing you know so we're like oh that was super fun anticlimactic you ready to go to bed like let's just calm down now you know everybody's cortisol through the roof nothing happened there was no reason for it derailed our evening yeah but, you know we were about to like like watch a netflix show and and hang out for the last hour of our evening just finish dinner you know now we're all panicked and wife's like putting water bottles and apples in the shelter she's building in the main part of our house, you know, with blankets and like flashlights. And I'm like, now you have to clean that up. You know, <laughs> like we're, we're right. done. We're back to normal life. My dog is forever scarred. My dog has the same problem from a storm. Yeah. hundred percent. And it was, I don't think it was a storm because we had been through storms. It was our energies. It was, you know, dogs pick up on that shit. Um, and there was no reason to be alarmed, but it was, that phone call from an outside source that brought in that said we needed to tune in to that TV station to hear that message to raise our alertness over what would have been a perfectly wonderful family evening without the news, without that extra information. So I just Googled how many people die from storms every year, and it says on average 80 deaths per year are attributed to the 1,000 tornadoes reported. Mm -hmm. Number of thunderstorms, about 100,000. 1,700 injuries per year due to flash floods. Lightning injures 300 people. So basically 80 deaths out of 340 million people in this country, 350 million people. Mm -hmm. 80, that's a lot of zeros and decimal places for me to move around in my head, so I can't do it. Right, right. We're talking fucking, this is like smaller than the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> wait, <laughs> like, wait, wait. You're not... You're not gonna die from a tornado. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna happen. Um, there were, speaking of which, there was a terrible tornado, I guess, in Nashville. That's right. You hear about that? Yeah. I, I, I don't know much about it. I saw a picture, but it, you know, thoughts, prayers, and heart goes out to the to the families and the victims of of that tornado. So Absolutely. we're not saying that it's not a real threat, but f coming from two guys here who've l born and raised in Tornado Alley, right, and been around tornadoes, and been through many, and of been them. through many of them, um, you know. Honestly, you you know when they're coming. You know. You know. The fucking sky turns green. The air gets weird. Everything goes funky. And you know what? If you don't have a storm shelter or you don't have a room to go tuck yourself into, you might die. I don't know anyone that's ever been killed in a tornado. Mm -mm. Um, I think that, you know, I, I have in our town, I think there was a, that real bad one about four years ago. Um, and a couple people died. But, like, 
nationally, according to that article I just read from Texas Tech on a study they did, 80 people a year die from tornadoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like 3,000 people a month die from snake bites or something I read earlier. I don't know if that's worldwide. It could be worldwide. Jesus. But, but still, that's more than I would have expected. Yeah. yeah probably, it's probably Australia. Yeah, but all that to be said to, to the every time a storm happens, people lose their fucking minds, and the news will make you think yeah. that if you don't get in your bathtub and put a twin mattress over the top of it, you're going to fucking die. Yeah. And we all just nom, 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 nom. eat that shit up. Dude, everybody does. Yeah. You know, it's crazy when you think about how much your thoughts create your reality and how much you you walk around the shit that's in your head we talk about this a lot but like whatever's going on in your head and whatever you're exposing yourself to from the news from your friends and family and everything else um that stuff really it's it's infectious Mm -hmm. and it gets inside your brain and you walk around in this state of fear and you're just like man i wonder if there's a coronavirus person over there you know, mm-hmm. or I wonder if I'm going to die from a tornado in this thunderstorm or whatever. It's just crazy, you know, and it really governs the way that people the way that people think and act and the live way their you lives. think and act. Yeah, that's the big thing. And then those decisions based off of a fear based thought process yeah. will lead you to make bad decisions yeah. that will ultimately uh, um, guide you towards the thing that you don't want to happen most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we talked I mean? about this before, like if you're out there skiing and you're like trying not to hit a tree and you're but focused, you're on, focused that tree, on the tree. Yeah, you'll, I've, and I've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been skiing together and done that. Yeah. You know, it's like you're, you're so worried about hitting these trees. It's 50 yards off over to the side and, you know, you just, it feels like you just get gravitated toward that I'll thing. I'll do it with a pothole that I know is there Yeah. that I don't want to hit on my drive home that's there every day yeah. and the days where I'm in that lane and I can't merge over or whatever, I end up, I could just do, but you end up hitting the fucking thing. You end up guiding yourself right towards it. Do you know, uh, I was talking to Chris Carmichael the other day when he did my past life regression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he's such a smart guy and understands the subconscious and understands hypnosis and how the, how the subconscious, the ocean of the subconscious flows, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said something really interesting. So, um, so he and his he and his wife Britt, who were on the podcast last year, um, talked to them yesterday. Actually, uh, they were looking for some um, pictures or something to put up in their house. And uh, Britt was like, "What do you What do you want up there?" You know. And he's like, "Well, pretty much anything except for like pictures of us, because they have pictures of themselves all over their house, them mm-hmm. hugging each other and kissing each other, all these beautiful pictures of them." And he's like, we got enough of that. Let's do something else. You know, not, I don't want rectangles, like big squares or rectangles, and I don't want pictures of us. Those are the only two things I don't want. A week, two, two weeks later, whatever, she's like, she calls him from work, and she's like, hey, will you go downstairs and pick up the, the, the shipment just came in with our artwork or whatever? And he goes down there like he has no idea what it is, and he picks it up, and it's, two, it's three giant square pictures of them. Mm. Nice. And she didn't recall the conversation going exactly that way. But what he explained to me was, he said, the subconscious, whenever we say things, the subconscious hears those things. And she didn't really record and store the information of don't get those things. She gravitated to those things because he made a big deal about those things. Yeah. And the subconscious didn't hear yes or no, do or don't do. It just gravitated toward the the big words that Mm -hmm. he used, the big, bold words, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want... Well, we didn't hear that at all. It was just square pictures, pictures of us. Mm-hmm. That's all that the subconscious <laughs> recorded in that conversation. And so I say all that just to say that the things 
that we think about and the words that we speak end up imprinting themselves on us. Yeah. Right. And then and then impacting the way that we think and the way that we act. Like you said, you know, if you're afraid of a thing, you're going to steer yourself more towards it. Um, anytime you make a decision out of fear. Well, the law of attraction. Yeah, it's yeah, that's it. I mean, honestly, it doesn't just work for good shit. I was about to say, you can imagine that that uh, that race and that sports car, that big house or whatever, whatever, you know, fantasy you can come up with. And you can you can manifest, as we like to say, yeah. manifesting these things. Well, if you're constantly playing out a negative scenario in your head while you're driving of something bad that can happen or you're, you're thinking in worst case scenarios, you're manifesting that worst case scenario. Yeah, you really are. And you're wasting your own time. Yeah. Uh, but we all tend to find ourselves in that place you know and and then we know people that that live there yeah i i, I catch myself now i'm lucky sure. because i didn't for the longest time i can catch myself and i can catch you or my wife or my close friends or anybody like that thinking in that way and we have good communication where we can pull each other out of those but a lot of people just walk around operating like that yeah and it's it, especially whenever you don't turn off the news mm -hmm. or, or or whenever you engage heavily with people who don't turn off the news right. right and so like that's the thing i think we've both run into is is like you go out somewhere and uh we talked about this before where like you went to a veterans day breakfast at your kid's school or whatever mm -hmm. this really nice gentleman started talking to you you all had a great conversation and then 15 minutes in all of a sudden he just rolls into this discussion about whatever was going on on fox news that day right and just started blasting at you about it you know how fucked up this was and how dare this politician do this with this congressman and this and that and you're just like i have no fucking idea what you're talking about right right now. but he was so disturbed and upset by that mm -hmm. it was ruining his, was ruining uh, his veterans day. breakfast at an elementary school with his granddaughter right you know what i mean he's yeah he's not interacting with her he's engaging me who he doesn't know to talk to me very strongly about something that he feels very negatively about yeah yeah just ruminating on that negative emotion mm -hmm. and that's uh yeah it's a spiral I still haven't totally figured out why these like spirals of misery stick with us, like why we get stuck in these things where like we want to be. And Carmichael and I talked about this too, and I can't remember what how he explained it, but we 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 uh, we get stuck in these negative spirals, and we just want to stay there. Mm -hmm. We don't want someone to talk us out of it. You no, know? It's comfortable. It's comfortable. You get comfortable in it. That's what I've found. Is that what it is? You 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 spend so much time there. That it gets mm. to the point where when good things are happening or you're thinking um, positively or positive things are going on in your life, if you've operated in that space, all of a sudden you start to get uncomfortable there in the positive and the good and the uplifting. And then all of a sudden you'll ruin that by going, oh, wait, too much good is happening. When's the negative coming? When's the when's the balance for all of this good stuff happening yeah. in my life? Something bad's going to happen. And then therefore you're putting yourself right back into that negative thought process and that negative cycle and ultimately will create that negative situation and then you feel vindicated yeah by thinking that way because you were that's like i it. was right i knew it and then that's then you go nope this is how i need to operate because it's it's inevitable it's going to happen and the negative's coming and i wonder if there's some ego in that too because you're predicting i know that i that when you say all that that kind of just hit me and it reminded me it made me think of like there are times when i i have caught myself predicting a negative outcome mm -hmm. just as much as a positive outcome and there's there's an aspect of of ego going on there where I'm like, you guys watch, you guys, everybody here at the table, listen to me, watch this. This is gonna go in this way. It's gonna happen this way, and then this is gonna happen, and then he's gonna do this, and she's gonna do this, and then they're gonna do this, and then at the end of it, it's all gonna get fucked up. Watch, you watch. Mm -hmm. Now, why would I feel the need to, to say that? 
to express that out loud. You know, it's there's there's my ego wants everyone at the table to hear me predict it like the fucking weatherman. Right. You know, and then at the end, I told you so, which is a pure ego. Place. Oh, it is. You know what I mean? And we'll do that. Um, hopefully you do that with with the positive sometimes, you know, but we'll certainly do it with the negatives. I know mm-hmm. I do. I have uh, the positive. I told you so are, are so much better. Oh, yeah. But there's so much fewer and far between. Well, maybe we do it less. Yeah. Maybe we predict positive outcomes less. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Dude, I've been, uh, my manifest game's been fucking strong mm-hmm. this year, you know? And it's 2019 was a shit show. And I call it a shit show, but I I, I found a better way to put it is that I was, pull, I was pulling back the bowstring mm-hmm. 2019. 2020, we're letting that shit go. Yeah. And the farther you pull it back, the farther the arrow flies. And that's where the, the, the struggle is. In the whole process is yeah. pulling that string back. That's where that's where it takes all the force and the energy to really fire that bow. That all comes from that that pullback. That's where it, the strain is. That's yeah, where yeah. The, the struggle is, you know. And that's uh, another way of saying the peak is proportional to the valley, mm-hmm. right? So for anybody out there that had a rough 2019 like I did, um, I know a lot of you guys probably had amazing years, and I'm so happy to hear about that. Some people send me messages and they did, but a lot of people didn't. Um, I would really be looking for synchronicities. This is a special year uh, for anybody who's into numerology and stuff like that. There's there's some really neat uh, days this year. I mean, not only is it 2020, um, but uh, we had we had February 2nd, 2020, was mm-hmm. a very special day numerologically because that kind of day. Um, I saw a bunch of of numerology pages talking about this. Uh, that kind of day doesn't come along except for every few hundred or every thousand or whatever but none of the ones i saw were actually accurate because i did the numerology i I looked at it um and i don't remember now what it was but like this is the kind of day that only comes once every several thousand years uh oh two oh two two oh two oh uh is the was the 33rd day of the year which Mm -hmm. is extremely relevant um and it, it was the it was the 333rd day from the end of the year and that was only because it was a leap year and it's a it's an anagram 0202 mm-hmm. so you have an anagram date that's 33 days in and 333 days from the end that's actually an impossible i don't actually even know if that's ever happened before somebody out there can probably run the numbers on that and check on it but it's an extremely rare date and anytime you have a really rare date like that and you have a leap year it's a cool thing. These things are relevant. Numbers are relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't just get pulled out of the, uh, out of the ass of whatever the, of the uh, whatever scientists made the calendar. These things are ancient. Right. All this math, Robert Grant can tell you more about that than I can. But oh, I'm sure there's all kinds of shit embedded in there. That yeah. Speaking of Robert, um, they're over over in Egypt. That's right. That's fucking cool. He sent you a pretty cool picture the other day. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, he had a, a the key to the Great Pyramid. Which I. I guess I don't hand. know what that door looks like, but I bet it, it's not like <laughs> that door over there to get out of this room. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's a, it looks like a metal prison gate. Yeah. You know, it's just made to keep intruders from getting in. And it, it lets you into the pyramid or just like lets you into the grounds? Or no, into the pyramid. Into the yeah, pyramid. they embedded the bars into the pyramid. They defaced it a little bit to make sure. it work, but fuck it, you got to do it because gotcha. people are going to do dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me tell you, man, uh, for anybody interested in the Great Pyramid and Egypt and uh, ancient mysteries, and if you're listening to this podcast, kind of a, I assume you've got some interest. Um, uh, 
Robert Grant and um, uh, Alan Green and all of the guys that are over there with uh, Robert's uh, expedition right now. Actually, I think they're they're back as of yesterday. I need to reach out to him. Um, but uh, they have made some discoveries in there that are fucking mind blowing. They've 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 been finding sacred geometry in the pattern. I mean, I mean in the um in the uh, inside the pyramid. And, and different like patterns and stuff that have never been found before. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got a group of people that are looking for things that other people weren't thinking to look for. Right. Like these archeologists don't know what the fuck sacred geometry is. They don't understand divine proportion. They don't understand mathematics. They're looking for, like, they will go walk in the pyramid and they're like, oh, there's no pottery here, nothing to see. Right. Yep, no tools, nothing to see. But these guys are going in there looking for patterns and stuff like that and they can use computer software to like take a picture of the side of the the king's chamber sarcophagus and they're like damn there's a flower of life on the side of the king's chamber sarcophagus god knows how many thousands of years old old it is so Mm -hmm. it's kind of worn down you can't see it all that well but you can hook it up to software and you can actually see it's it's a hundred percent certain it's crazy there's flower of life there's uh, alpha and omega there's um a bunch of other shit that robert and his guys are finding and, uh, you know, I talked to him right, what was it, a week before he went out, two weeks before he went out there? I think so, yes. Yeah, he hit me up asking if I wanted to go, and I couldn't go. But um, they, uh, you know, they, they have so many discoveries going on right now, Robert and his team, um, about the nature of, of gravity and electromagnetism and how all that ties into the Great Pyramid and how that ties into uh, Shakespeare mm-hmm. um, and Da Vinci and all that kind of stuff. It's fucking cool, man. It's really cool. I'm excited to see where that goes. Hook up with him next month I was in LA say, and see. You're gonna get a download of it soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. We'll be out in LA early veggies. April. Yeah, no be shit, ready. man. <laughs> <laughs> Having conversation with him is always it's a fucking mind bender. Yeah. Yeah. That first one you guys went and met up before we shot those podcasts, and I just remember you going to dinner and then coming back and just kind of we're all hanging out. Uh and you come into the hotel room and you're just like, sit down, kind kind of got a thousand yard stare you're engaging us but you're not really and you were like i just need a minute yeah my brain <laughs> felt like fucking banana pudding yeah then i got two days a dose of it after that but i mean it was exa- it was exhausting <laughs> to to hear all of the revelations and then just to be around somebody who's rattling off the things that he was articulately and doing i mean we were putting mathematical <laughs> equations into his head and he would go and then burst out an answer, and of course nobody's like fact checking yeah. it, but I didn't feel like we needed to. Like, yeah, well, whenever whenever motherfucker starts telling you like what musical chord your your uh, musical note, your the color of blue of your shirt represents, and how many hertz mm-hmm. that is, and they can do that with every color of everything in the room, like that. He, yeah, he's not operating no. in the space that anyone else is. No, it's a he's a he's a fascinating guy. I love him. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We need to go on one of these Egypt trips one of these times. Sure. Peru, Egypt, something like that. Go see if we can find a spaceship underneath the Sphinx. I think they went underneath the Sphinx this year. Did they? Yeah. That's which is, if they did, and, and my understanding is they were supposed to. That's a big deal because, um, uh, for the longest time there wasn't supposed to be an underneath the Sphinx. Right. It's not supposed there's to be a, lot a chamber. Of lore around yeah. that and different people with very different perspectives on yeah, it. So yeah. Being yeah. told there's nothing there, and then there's people that swear there's a library. Right. Different types of things that are. That are going on. Even if there's a chamber where there could have been a library, <sighs> you know, would be a revelation. Yeah. We just got to stop thinking we got it all figured out, you know. That's I mean, it. 
you know, whatever happened to curiosity in science, you know? Well, people make their name in science by making it. By know. putting their line in the sand or yeah. putting their flag on, on the top of the mountain. This is the this way this is, is. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah. Him talking about uh, um, th- just like they were measuring like the amount of space like that you can walk around and operate in and breaking that down into equations and connecting it to certain sacred geometries and certain al- algebraic, you know, uh, guidelines that everything that exists is on and that he could find a representation of all of those in some way, shape or form within there. Yeah. Um, shit was, it was, uh, um, pretty incredible. Yeah. I've had to like take time on that to really understand in the moment. I was just like, Oh, yeah, I did the, I signed up for the virtual tour thing to do. Um, so I could tag along virtually. Mm-hmm. It's like a Facebook group or something like that. Oh really? Dude, I've been so fucking busy. I, 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 I'd never touched it. Really? Yeah. That's so. I'll, but it's it's. I assume all the videos are still up. Sure. You know the group, the Facebook group's still going to be there, and I probably in the in the the days following, the weeks following, the more people will be uploading more of the shit that they taped and recorded and stuff while they were there. Yeah. So I'll see more of it, but yeah, um, should be a really cool thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what else do we have? Anything? I mean, we talked. Uh, we talked fear mongering. We talked grading and reality. We talked about this. The election. Yeah. Did you vote yesterday? Because everybody's posting their little sticker. Yeah. Um, Am I wearing a fucking sticker? Yeah. I, I, I'm. I, I'm. I'm of the Mark Twain school of thought that if voting mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I don't think there was any sarcasm or humor in that remark. Mm-mm. You know, my grandma's like, yeah, well, Mark Twain said a lot of funny things. That, that was my response to my grandma. Did you go vote? I'm like, no. And I thought maybe I'll reference some old ass author and she would appreciate that. Right. Like, you know, grandma, what Mark Twain said, mm-hmm. you know, if voting really mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. Oh, well, he said lots of funny things. You know, I find it funny. I have to lie to certain people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I totally voted. Because I just don't, I don't want to go down that road. Know. I know that how hard their stance on yeah. like on it. It's a civic duty. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just like, eh. yeah. Next time there's an election and I notice a change in my day-to-day, then maybe I'll take it more seriously. But I've been through several presidents, and I've never felt the ripple of impact that real— I mean, I've seen it happen to other people, and I can see the power of it, but me personally, like, I don't don't know where I I fit in this situation. Do you know the only thing that I've seen change that that has been of, uh, you know, any substance to me— um, and I, I couldn't tell you what it is or whatever, but I know that, you know, of course, we, we, we run an IT company and we do a lot of healthcare stuff. Sure. And um, w- with, uh, with the Obamacare thing came a bunch of regulations and restrictions. Um, you know, it, as you know, I've got friends that own hospitals. Mm-hmm. A, the majority of my friends do own hospitals. That's what they do. They yes. build hospitals. Um, and uh, we operate we, together, you and I and our company, we... We work in these hospitals, right? We've been doing this for since 2005, mm-hmm. and actually since earlier than that. Um, and so this is a world that I understand pretty well. Um, and these are the people who run these hospitals are people who I understand. You know, I spend time at their families' houses at dinner and barbecues talking to them about what are their struggles and what are the, their challenges and stuff. And uh, Obamacare really did do a lot of damage to the smaller privately owned physician-owned hospitals. Mm-hmm. 
they really stopped building those things. They actually had a moratorium on those things. So our business was dramatically impacted by Obamacare mm -hmm. because we went from building lots of hospitals every year in this small physician-owned, you know, 40 to 60-bed hospital space to, to building one or two because they already had licenses from prior to the Obamacare thing or whatever. So um, that was a huge impact on, 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 on me and my family and my business. And then um, with Trump becoming president, he got rid of the, um, the, the penalty for not having medical insurance. Yes. So my kids have medical insurance through their mom, who's um, a nurse practitioner, So she and she works for a huge hospital company, and so they have like, the best benefits ever. I was paying 400 and something dollars a month. Oh, as easy. A, as yeah. a healthy 35-year-old man, right, um, was paying 400 and something dollars a month just for myself. It's just unnecessary. When my appendix blew up when I was 25, I, or maybe I was 20, 27, um, I was literally switching insurance carriers at that time. So there was a, you know, the, the month after I canceled my insurance or three weeks after my fucking appendix blew up, it's changing jobs and, uh, or, or insurance carriers. And, um, it was like 180 something thousand dollars in, in medical bills, uh, because the surgery didn't go well and I got an infection and I ended up back in the hospital. Went I remember so you were there. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great time and, uh, almost died and I lost like 30 pounds and you know, it was a real bad deal. Um, so it was like $180,000, $200,000 worth of hospital bills because this is, I've had this argument with people that say like, how dare you cancel your medical insurance? How irresponsible of you? Well, first of all, go fuck yourself. Um, mm -hmm. second of all, I've been there because that's what they always say. I was like, well, what are you going to do if something catastrophic happens? Well, $200,000 is pretty catastrophic. I would say. So what happens is again, working in hospitals and the people who were coming to visit me own hospitals. Like the guys were coming into the hospitals were like Jay and Travis guys that have been running hospitals for 25 years. Right. And they're just like, look, you're going to rack up a couple, couple hundred thousand dollars in, in hospital bills. And we're just going to, um, those are inflated numbers. Those are bullshit numbers. Those are insurance rates. Um, that's what the insurance companies, you know, will get billed by the hospital. Mm -hmm. You're not going to pay that. You're going to tell them you're not going to pay that. And you're going to get them to settle for a fraction of that. So, $12,000 later, I was free of all medical debt. Right. Took me 12 grand and about 30 phone calls to anesthesiologists and surgeons and doctor's offices and hospitals and ERs and ambulance services and whoever else I had to call. About 30, 50, 100 phone calls. And a month of my time um, uh, to negotiate a $200,000 bill set down to 12 grand which is an extremely manageable number. And, um, and, and there's your, there's your catastrophic insurance. Fuck off with that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's either that or, you know, build my whole life around a $450 a month. That will um, never go away. They'll, they'll, they'll just, you keep paying it. Yeah. Right. So as far as elections go and all that stuff, I'm with you and, you know, and just talking to my, to my family and stuff who we're all business owners, you know, um, by no means came from money, all blue collar business owners in, until this business, but um, no one's ever really seen, no one's ever been able to tell me that they've ever seen a real difference from one candidate to the next. Mm -hmm. So the Obamacare thing hit my business, that was one thing, and then Trump came in and did away with the penalty, that was the other thing, yeah. saved me 400 something dollars a month, um, but I'm not a fan of Obama, I'm not a fan of Trump, and I don't, I don't like any of them, I don't vote in elections because it's all fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. People are getting really into this, 
Um, and nobody get upset. Like I understand there's difference between certain presidents and things that you feel like I, I did a tour uh, under Bush. You know, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, war is one thing and all the, you know, armed forces, people that, that suffer at the hands of that and their families and stuff. That is a direct impact of who you vote for and what their agenda is. But man, I guess my thought on, even on that, though, is. The president is not the one making that call. I mean, we got into Iraq with Bush mm-hmm. on, on bullshit lies and we stayed in Iraq and Afghanistan and all that through Obama. And we're still there right now under yeah. Trump, regardless of what you're being told on TV. Um, you, we've, you've still got friends in the armed forces. You mm-hmm. know what's going on. Oh, yeah. And um, it, so even at that level, I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the, the military industrial complex is still, they're still collecting you know, Raytheon and um, um, Bechtel and uh, Lockheed Martin and all those guys. They're still getting billions of dollars to build shit. Oh yeah, and to you know to supply weapons of actual, actual weapons of mass destruction, fuck things up, keep the keep the poppy fields defended. Yeah, right. What is that company that that uh, Eric Prince, that former CIA operative, uh, special forces guy? It used to be called Blackwater, and then they changed it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're they're a bunch of a uh, bunch of fucking mercs. You know, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of special forces and and former Rangers and Navy SEALs, and they get out and they get paid five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars a year to go throw on a full kit and go protect VIPs and stuff over there and diplomats and go yeah. run black ops that where they're not answerable to anybody, right? You know, and get paid fucking a hundred times as much as your average soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff's not going to stop, no matter who you elect, because the money that is getting those people elected is chump change. To the people who are paying it because they are running those operations. Right, right. It's you a know. war machine. We are a war machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aries. Uh, to, to do a callback for talking about fear-mongering and people that watch the news getting all freaked out and stuff, when I was overseas, I would, you know, get the call home, time zones and stuff, and I would talk to my uh, father. You know, once a week I'd try to talk to him. If I didn't, he'd start to freak out. And uh, when I was in South Korea, he was the worst about it. I would call him, and he'd be like, are you okay? <laughs> and, you know, just be sitting in my dorm room or whatever, totally fine. And um, he'd go, "Well, I heard North Korea launched uh, missiles yesterday, and they went they went right over Seoul and, and into the ocean on the other side of." The, and I'm like, "Oh, cool. I, I guess they did." Nobody noticed over here. Yeah, we're we're all good. Like, <laughs> how are you? You know, yeah. like he'd be freaked out, and you'd hear like, oh, "So you're okay? What what are they doing on the base?" You know, and I'm like, "Nothing. Yeah, no, nothing at all. That's the." Uh, media outlets that you're watching stirring up trouble because i'm here (laughs) yeah yeah everything seems to be good it's a beautiful day it really is a thing like it's 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 selective reporting Mm -hmm. you know it's selective reporting and it's like we've we've got 350 whatever million people in this country and like how many people do amazing things for their fellow man every day right how much of that shit makes it on the news yeah. The news is just not news. They squeeze one story, one feel-good story into, like, every hour block of news, right? Of, of, of serial killers and all this shit. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's a crazy thing, you know. We were talking the other day. Something I think is really fascinating is, like, people we talk about being afraid, right? And, and, like, at its core, there's a fear of death that sort of um, – that, 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 that you – that most people live with and it's that fear of death that ultimately 
is what um, is preyed upon by uh, the the media and by politicians and by companies companies and advertising yeah yeah, selling pharmaceuticals and selling insurance and selling all of these things Um, it's a fear of death and I was wondering what like you think about the idea that like some and I don't, I don't know how much you know I don't you don't have to know a whole lot about this or how much you've ever been heard about this but like different cultures and stuff, um, uh, Native American cultures, tribal cultures, abor- Aboriginal cultures, um, the ancient Egyptians, um, the Hindus, uh, even the ancient Greeks, and uh, just endless hundreds or thousands of cultures who have done things differently than us. As part of their culture, their religious beliefs, their spiritual systems, just their existence, their reality that they lived, they weren't afraid of death Mm-mm. because their their spiritual beliefs um, were predicated on the idea that they that the, the soul goes on, life goes on, death is just a doorway. You step through it and you you pop out the other end. Right. And in many of these cultures, your lack of fear of death defined kind of who you were. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. That was part of you were yeah you in some of them you were sort of an anomaly if you were afraid of death right you know I mean it was almost like a mental illness mm-hmm. like what the, what what's wrong with you like what are you not getting about the, our way of life here it's death there's nothing you can do about it why are you walking around yeah. worried about it you know I was you know I was thinking about that and I think that there's a there's a really interesting conversation to be had here because we're we're such a, a spiritually confused people mm-hmm. spiritually lost spiritually bankrupt spiritually vacuous Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and we um you know even the religion that that some of us do have things like christianity um or or, uh, judaism or or islam or whatever catholicism yeah um the jedi the jedi (laughs) not the jedi um but others besides the jedi way uh like the heaven of Christianity never made sense to me, even as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so my fear of death was still always kind of there. Like it worked when I was like up till I was about eight, like the heaven, the heaven idea. Mm-hmm. And then funny enough, you know, I'd never been to church before I was eight. And then like around eight, nine, ten, I started finding my way to church. And then once I started hearing that explanation about heaven, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, and it, it just doesn't make any sense. And then by the time I was 12 or 13 or 14, I was like, I really got scared again. I was like, ah, oh, shit, my whole life I've been thinking I was going to go to heaven. This is all good. But now I'm really having serious questions about this whole thing. And then I just went right back into this existential fear. Mm-hmm. And as I stand here today, there's just not an ounce of fear in me for death, not an ounce of fear in any way. Um, not for my kids, not for my family, not for my loved ones. It's Everybody's going to be fine. Right. You know what I mean? That's just really where I'm operating from. And even if someone doesn't believe that and they think that I'm stupid for believing it, how much how the my bigger point is not even necessarily who's right, but who you know, what is what are the fruits that are born from that belief system? You know, what is the what is the lifestyle? What is the outlook? What is the the impact on your life and your decision making um, on your mood, on your mindset, on your outlook, your worldview, all of that um, when you don't walk around afraid to die? You know, you just don't, you're not as susceptible to those lower vibrational um, influences from mm-hmm. the fear and all of that nonsense. It makes you hard to control. Well, and it gives you the opportunity to look at that stuff and go, hmm, you know, and, and not get sucked into it and become a part of it. You yeah, know? that's Put you it. out of the zeitgeist. That's you know? it. You could peek into it and look and see the 
insanity that that is taking place yeah you know am, am i gonna go out and spend 120 dollars on a bottle of fucking hand sanitizer if i'm not afraid to die fuck no right how many thousands of dollars are, are people out there blowing right now on shit they're never gonna need because they're afraid of something that's never gonna fucking happen mm-hmm. but if there's a point zero 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 one percent chance that i might die then I'm going to give anything and everything I can and drain my savings account on fucking hand sanitizer and, and, and respirators, you know, so that I don't die. Yes. There are fucking worse things than death. Mm-hmm. And living in a state of fear, I'm convinced, at least for me, is infinitely worse than, than dying biologically. Mm-hmm. Well, once you're dead, you, you're, you're on to the next phase. Or it's just, it's over. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're the one that's dead. You're the one that has to deal with it. It's my choice to have my view on it and walk around my life uh, not giving a shit about it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to fucking die, right? You got to die. I'm not dying for you. You're not dying for me, you know? So too many people choose to fucking identify by these things, these factors, this fear of death. You know what I mean? That's, it becomes part of who they are. Well, it's it's easy. Um, it's easier to, well, let's say it, I'll say it the other way. It's really hard to control a person who's not afraid to die. I learned that from watching Vikings. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really hard to control a person who's not afraid to die. You can't get them to dance to your fucking to your beat. Mm-hmm. You can't get them to to march to your beat. You can't get them to sing your fucking song because if they're not afraid to die, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? What are you gonna threaten them with? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's you know, death and torture is as bad as it gets. Um, and I think that that is maybe one of the the sort of newer revelations to me about religion um and anytime i say religion i'm I'm usually usually talking about the main organized monotheistic ones right Mm -hmm. um the big the big three abrahamic ones but what they've done is they have really got a monopoly on they've become the boatmen you know they've become the ones who can carry you or curry you to the promised land. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Very true. And so if you want to get from here to the promised land, you know, if you want to get in our boat, you've got to do you've got to do these things. You've got to follow these dogmas, you've got to believe the way we believe, you have to hate the people that we tell you to hate, you know? You have to sacrifice these things from yourself that you, you know, that a nice healthy holistic person would embrace, mm-hmm. whatever that is, your sexuality or you know, just your worldview in general, your your own natural, um, uh, your your observance of natural law, right? Because that's really the, all the Abrahamic religions require you to throw natural law out the window at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think along with that is, you know, animals have, far as I know, all animals have a fear of death. Deer. Coyotes will chew their fucking leg off if they get caught in a trap. Right. You know what I mean? There, there's a definitely a fear of death there. I don't know how exactly the soul of a human being differs from that of a deer or a cow or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and in some cases, Aaron Ralston, the guy from 127 Hours or whatever, I mean, he fucking cut his arm off to do it. And that's a little different. I'm not saying that there's not, not a strong will to live inside the soul of a human being. Sure. But, um, you know, the deer... Um, Deer live in a state of constant fear. Oh yeah, that's their whole. That's how their operating system is is powered. Yeah, that's is it. Fear. That's it. 
um, and <laughs> you know they're 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 magical in that way, right? Their their reflexes are fucking insane. I mean, I've no I know bow hunters who have shot at a deer and they they re- their release was too loud, mm-hmm. and before their before the arrow reached the deer. Oh yeah, they'll they'll spread all out. I've missed many with a bow uh, from twenty feet away because they hear the release because they can hear. Um, and I mean th- that arrow is going fast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These and they can still dodge a thousand feet a second or whatever yeah. it is. I don't, I don't and, know. And they and you're twenty feet away, and they'll still you'll you'll miss. Yeah. And no matter how sure your shot, if they if you give them any inclination, yeah, their reflexes are insane. So we, I think as human beings, we we can. Well, I don't think we can rise above that. We can choose not to live in that constant state of fear. Yeah. Deer ma- deer are built for that, right? Fish have gills; they they can breathe water. We can't. Mm-hmm. Right. Deer can live in a state of constant stress or whatever that fucking state is. I don't know enough about deer brains, but right. they can live there and that's OK. A deer can live its full natural life, constantly being afraid of being eaten. People can't fucking do that. No, you can't do it. That's what that's how that's literally how fucking cancer and heart disease and all this other shit happens, how ulcers happen and how gut parasites happen and all this shit. Is because we're l- people are just giving into this into this fear, and and it comes down to a fear of death, and I'm saying all of this because I'm realizing more and more that this platform, the whole Wayfinder thing, has got to be, to me, it's got to be um, largely about uh, about helping people understand the fucking importance of having um, a sensible spiritual backbone in your mm-hmm. life. It's, Absolutely, it's got to be about that. It's got to be about parenting. It's got to be about um, about your about self love. It's got to be about healing trauma. It's got to be about spiritual practices. It's got to be about physical health, right? Mm-hmm. Mind, body, spirit, shit. And um, you know, we we talk about big existential global problems, unlike the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, and we talk about individual problems: trauma, shame, child abuse, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the core of it, I, w- I would ask the audience: Are you afraid of death? Really? Ask yourself: Are you afraid to die? Whenever you get on a plane and you're flying through a thunderstorm in a plane, I fly a lot, so that this happens. Mm-hmm. And like even even Ashley, whenever we're flying together, she's better now, years in. But like, she fucking panics when we hit turbulence, and I see a lot of people panic. Most people panic. I used to be that way. I know what it's like to be afraid mm-hmm. to um, to crash on an airplane, dude. I don't move. I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother me. It's right. it's it's if it happens, it happens, you know. But it's it's it doesn't have any impact on me. People say, "Oh, what about your kids?" Well, man, I got a lot of faith in my kids. Yeah, my kids are fucking. You know, they've got a good head on their shoulders, and I've I've done all I can do to invest in them. Um, and I've got great life insurance policies. You know what I mean? Yeah. The life insurance policies. There's a peace of mind there that it's mm-hmm. it's, it's worth whatever it, I, I pay for it. You know what I mean? There's a peace of mind there for sure. Sure. But um, having a spiritual belief system that frees you from a fear of death, a frees you from a fear of death. B um, drives you to be a better person to your fellow man. I never thought about it in these terms before, but maybe that's my two things that I think uh, that your spiritual belief system should do. Yeah. Those are two big ones. free you from a fear of death and uh, what the fuck ever else I just said. And I'm having a brain fart. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever I just said. Um, 
hold on, I'm not I'm not going to move on until I remember this. Frees you from a fear of death, and um, oh yeah, and 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 drives you to treat your fellow man better. Yes. Yeah, those two things. I don't know what else there would be. I mean, those are those are two big ones. It's two big ones. You're walking around with those two in your back pocket, and you're operating in that place. There's a lot of other stuff that comes with that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think that's it. And I guess it just occurred to me the other day that like that's that's just the root problem of so much shit. You know, all this coronavirus stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fear of death. Everybody's walking around thinking they're gonna walking die. Walking around thinking they're gonna die. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. We gotta we gotta be afraid. Never never don't be never not be afraid. Right. <laughs> you ever seen the Crudes? <laughs> yeah. The Crudes is one of my favorite fucking movies. Never not be afraid. Never not be afraid. Um, <laughs> we, we're not we're not we're not deer. We're not designed to live that way. Mm. My um, you know, I got turtles in my turtle tank at home, and I've got that fucking cat Nako, and uh, my turtles be like up on the little rock sunning themselves. The cat like creep over there and like try to fucking <laughs> grab my turtles. And I was thinking, like, I don't think turtles are meant to live in that that state either. I don't think they're meant to live in that anxiety, that deer, Mm-mm. you know, antelope, what other animal, whatever other animals would live that way. I don't know why that made me think of it, but just to draw the point that s- we're all different. Animals are all different. Right. Some animals can climb trees, some can't, some fly, some can't, some breathe water, some can't. Some can live in a state of constant stress, and some are fucking not meant to live that way. Right. We are not meant to live at the bottom of the ocean, and no more than that are we meant to live in a constant state of, of fear and stress and anxiety, and surely no one's going to argue that that is literally what this society has become, is is a giant, is a, it's like my turtle living in my aquarium with my cat constantly trying to eat it. That's mm-hmm. that's the society that we're in. That's, this is this coronavirus has le- opened the, peeled behind the curtain to just see how many people really do just walk around like that. Yeah, yeah, how many people are susceptible to it's that? It's the majority. It, it is I, I don't I don't know anyone who owns a TV and uses it who's not operating at least to some extent in that place right you know um, and it's just not good so you know if to anybody out there listening I mean if you don't have a spiritual belief system we um, have recently made a new friend and we were talking to her about you know her beliefs and and uh, she said that she was she was uh, you know bordering on atheism but she didn't put it that way she just said you know i i begin to wonder if god exists because and then she gave the becauses and it was mm-hmm. because of all of the biblical bullshit and all of the things she was told about this the christian god and how it was stupid and didn't make sense and it didn't seem like the kind of god that that there would be and um she really liked the idea that there you know that there was there was other ways of looking at god and other ways of looking at religion besides just the Abrahamic ones and just the mm-hmm. the ones that you hear about or the ones that we were taught about here in Texas growing up, right? There's lots of different ways of doing it. But I think at the end of the day, if your religion absolves you of a, of a fear of death and it drives you to treat to treat better your fellow man, that's a fucking good religion. And, and, yes. And really um, will change the way that you... That you do everything, you know. It's it it's kind of really like, will. Yeah, it's like self sacrifice. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, are you gonna jump into a roaring river to save someone if you're horrified of death? Mm-hmm. If you're just absolutely horrified of death, are you gonna jump into a raging river to try to save someone? No, self sacrifice. So, it's, it's not something in your. It's it it's, doesn't jive. You're 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 your most important asset when you yeah. operate that way. You're not thinking about other people in that sense, especially in a that's a fight or flight moment. Right. 
you're operating from fear. You're always yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Always flight. Yeah, yeah. Always flight. I um, I definitely understand that fear. There's been times in my life when I I, I understood that fear, mm-hmm. you know, or when I when I lived in in that place, you know. Where there's a there's a an ancient Sanskrit word moksha or moksha i'm not sure i need to go ask someone who knows sanskrit but it's m-o-k-s-h-a mm-hmm. and essentially it, it, it means liberation mm. it's essentially what it means it's a really beautiful word but like most other languages it's more of a nuanced meaning mm-hmm. you know what i mean yes so it's kind of cool like all the greek words for love and everything um but it's sort of like liberation from fear and and um and um and limitation that's what moksha means. I like it. Isn't it awesome? That's cool. And that's, you know, because we think of liberation. A lot of times, like, we think of, like, uh, slavery. Liberate a person from slavery. That's what I think of anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think of when you hear liberation? Liberation, that's that's uh, uh, to be freed, to be from, freed from, from some sort of type bondage. of bounds. Yeah. yeah. So. so moksha is, is more of a, it's more of a, a psycho-spiritual word. Mm-hmm. It's to be released or to 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 be liberated from um you know from uh from things that hold you back spiritually psychically uh, liberation in the sense of like uh compared to like an awakening where you're kind of you're you're stepping out and yeah. releasing yeah releasing the things that no longer serve you mm-hmm. you know and dragging you down and so to um i guess that would be it you know to find a to find a religion that brings moksha you know that brings you true liberation from your psycho-spiritual boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an important thing to do. And, you know, um, I think most people need that. And it, 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 it does liberate you from um, from the fear and from having to, you know, reside in that place. Change your life. Yeah. It'll change your life. I think that's all I had on that. It was beautiful. I think it was worth talking about. Definitely. Definitely. It goes hand in hand with you know, where we started. This whole thing is about understanding your fears, where they start from. Did you create them? Were they forced upon you? How do you, how do you make space in your life to deal with your fear? Are you operating constantly in a state of fear? Are you aware of how scared you well, are? Well, so look at that. You know, that's a good point. I mean, are, are you operating constantly in a state of fear, right? So thoughts that fire together, wire together. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about this a lot, like the trail in the woods. You know, you can go follow the paths that all the critters make, and they're they're usually going to head to the water. Mm-hmm. You know, and once enough coyotes and enough black bear and enough raccoons and armadillos and everything else have crept along this trail down to the river, there becomes a trail there, and then and and all the neuro pathways in your brain are exactly like that, exactly like that. The more you think in certain ways, the more those neurons fire across the synapses and they spread out through your brain and it's just like it just blows open trails in your brain and that's just where you stay and it's mm-hmm. it's like water flowing in a stream it's just the easiest it's the path of least resistance for your neurons right um and that's how you operate so if if you feel like you're living in fear you feel like you're uh you're operating from that that lower vibrational fight or flight root chakra reptile brain thing and that's that's where you're operating it the first thing you can do, turn off the news. Second of all, start think, focusing on, on thoughts of gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, for the things that you have. Um, and 
if you have ears to hear this podcast, you have shit to be grateful for, mm-hmm. you know, and that's overcoming fear with gratitude, a la Robert Grant TED Talk, right? Yes. But um, very much something that you can do. Spend time being grateful. And when you meditate on being grateful on a regular basis, for me, um, gratitude and faith, particularly for this year, gratitude and faith became sort of my mantras. Never been a faithful person in my life. As a devout Christian, I was not a faithful Christian. Gotcha. I, 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 I wanted, in my, my 16-year-old brain or 18-year-old brain, I had logic and rationality to back up why I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Funny as that may seem now. <laughs> um, but uh, that's why I was always looking for smarter and smarter uh, PhD pastors and stuff. Cause right. I, as my brain developed, the logic fell apart. And so I needed someone who was better at bullshitting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a, pro- I just, a professional. Yeah, I needed a, a doctor of a, a uh, doctor of, of theological bullshit. Yeah. And uh man, I found him. I sought him out. And um but uh you know, fuck, where was I going with that? Who knows? But um god damn it. There was a point there. Hold on. I, my brain's not working. I don't know why. I know why mine's not working. Why is it not working? I thought the edible had already come on before we started. <laughs> <laughs> and about halfway through, I was like. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm on uh, top of it now. But there was like 15 minutes. Where <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Got to adjust. Got to adjust. Just Fuck. Hold on. <laughs> Everything's spinning. <laughs> anyway, I mean. You get the point. Yeah. You get the point. Um, meditate on gratitude. Oh, faith. That's where I was going. I've never been a faithful person. Faith wasn't something I understood. Right. But this year, faith and gratitude have come really easy. Uh, part of that is that I have taken a lot of steps in my personal life with my, my diet, my nutrition, my recreational activities, everything, um, my fitness, my exercise, all that stuff, to... Um, to raise my vibration right and and to try to you know just put good thoughts and good everything into my body the vast majority of the time Mm -hmm. and um and it's fucking amazing man i feel like every um it's so much easier to stay on top of my vibes and stay on top of my gratitude my positive thinking positive outlook all that stuff it's because it works man it works and if you if you get those spirals going um, it's just like the negative spirals. I mean, you know, the fear spirals, it's, mm-hmm. it, but it's the opposite. You're just going to stay in that, stay in that place. And so I would, I would, um, I would suggest to people to really look into the concept of gratitude. What does it mean to you? Do some reading on it. Um, and we can talk more on that. Um, you know, but there's lots of resources out there for gratitude and then, and then faith. And to me, the conversation on faith uh, God, we could go forever and I'm not gonna, but like understanding that there's a plan, like the God's plan of, of Christian church I grew up with never made sense, mm-hmm. but understanding that there's like divine order to everything. There's divine order. I can to get everything. behind that. You know I what I mean? I can get behind that. Cause I was curious where you were going with, with faith exactly, because I'm in the boat with you being raised Christian. I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Did Jesus take the wheel. I don't know about all of that, but yeah, the divinity and the absolutes that I know exist out there right. and the way that the universe is constructed and put together, those things I can have faith in. Well, I, I really believe, um, I believe because I've seen uh, the last few years on this journey that 
the um, you know we our thoughts really do create our reality. Four years ago, probably even three, maybe even two years ago, I thought that was horseshit. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've thought it was horseshit less and less and less over the last four years to the point where here I am saying it on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts create your reality. And the reason why that is, is because, again, like we said, if you just sit there and focus on stress all the time, you're watching stressful shit, you're thinking about stress, those thoughts will create the reality that you live in, which is your reality is you thinking that the coronavirus is going to come kill you and your family. That's the reality you're living in. Your thoughts created that reality. Mm-hmm. That reality is never going to happen. You're not going to die in a tornado. 80 people a year die in a tornado, but your thoughts create that reality. If you're sitting there watching the fucking news channel, you mm-hmm. know, for four hours, waiting for the tornado to hit, as I've done with my family countless times. Uh-huh. Um, your thoughts create your reality, and then thoughts will create the words that you speak. I mean, th- these thoughts overflow into words. That's what they do. It's a, you know, your words are like a blow-off valve for your thoughts. And words will then, will then coalesce and crystallize into action. And then those actions beget consequences. And these consequences spiral back into your thoughts on your contemplations, mm-hmm. back into your words, back into your actions, and, and it's a spiral that never stops. So people will say dumb shit to me when I'm when I say that. They'll say, "Well, you know, what about somebody that just gets cancer? What's some kid that gets hit by a car? Like stupid fucking outliers." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, as as um as you move through life and change your life, and you course correct the ship at at the moment of awakening. Um, for me, it was about four years ago, really. And you start changing the direction you're headed and you start implementing positive practices in your life, mindful, intentional, willful fucking positive practices in your life. You'll start shedding negative people. That's what happened, first of all, for me. Oh, yeah. that's That, that happens quick, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first thing that happens because, like, once you... The moment you become aware that... Um, being positive feels better than being negative and that you have control over that, you no longer want to surround yourself with the negative people who are bringing their bullshit all the time, mm-hmm. right? All the drama and the fuckery and the not niceness and everything else. You don't want to deal with that anymore. So like the first thing to go when you wake up is the negative people. And once that goes, then you've got this vacuum, this space where good people can now flow in. Mm-hmm. Chris and Britt talked about the uh, seven or above rule. Yeah, seven like or above rule. Love that. Um, if somebody's not a seven or above, just fucking do away with them. Or if a thing in your life is not a seven or above, if it doesn't bring you seven or above joy, fucking do away with it because you're creating space, like trimming the trimming back the, the bad plants in your garden. Mm-hmm. And it's a great practice. So you, you get rid of the negative stuff. You create this space. Good people will flow in. And I look at my own life, right? Reconnecting with my best friends from childhood. Not just my best friends, but the best of my best friends who were also the best people and are to the day the best people, the best men, the best fathers, the best partners, the best friends that I could ever ask for, mm-hmm. right? Um, you guys all couldn't have come into my life if I didn't have space for you because I was fucking around with bad people. Right. Right? So I, I, I get that. And then now I've created this spiral where all of these positive people are there to support me and encourage me and be there for me whenever I need them and to give me guidance because iron sharpens iron and we kind of keep each other on track. Mm -hmm. And all of that stuff happens like math. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking algorithm. There's there's not a lot of mystery to this once you see how how it works. And then 
then you start pursuing the things that you love to do because you're having more of a positive outlook because you you woke up one day and became mindful, remove the negative people, bring in the positive people, the positive people encourage you, support you and push you on and cheer you on. So now you're pursuing your goals and your passions. So you're going out taking risks and, and stepping onto the edge of the unknown outside of your comfort zone because your comfort zone will kill you. Mm -hmm. So you're getting out to the edge of the unknown with the encouragement of your friends that you've now collected because you made space for them. And action happens whenever interest and confidence uh, added together reach a certain threshold. When you're interested in something and you're confident that you can do it, that's when action happens. Mm -hmm. And with that action comes the reward of positive feedback. Guess what? You don't get positive feedback when you're surrounded by shitty people. No. You know? But you're going to get positive feedback when you're surrounded by good people. And that feedback serves as your reward. And what else serves as your reward is the improvement that you see in yourself mm -hmm. and that everybody else sees. And so you have this fucking perpetual motion machine going on yeah. in your life. And I have faith in that design mm -hmm. because I've seen it work. That makes sense. I can get behind that. That's it. I need to focus on that myself. I'll start working on it now. Do it. It's a thing. I, I that was that was the realization I reached. Um, you know that changed everything for me. Was I pu actually put that into a into like a spreadsheet and was like creating formulas based on that and assigning values to actions and thoughts and interests and passions and all this stuff mm -hmm. and people's input. You know, you were in my spreadsheet. David's in my spreadsheet. You know, and I I saw the spiral. Mm -hmm. I saw how the spiral worked. And that was that change. That was the day that everything changed for me. So, guys, oh, stop living in fear. Start living in gratitude, and have faith. It's it's like trusting the process. And maybe for me that was easier because like when I was young, I was in sales, and I went through all the sales training and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we would talk about like leads, appointments, shows, closing rate, and then like referral percentages and stuff. And so, like, you know, if you got 100 leads, then you could book 10 appointments, right? So if you call 100 leads, you're going to book 10 appointments. Out of those 10 appointments, three of them, four of them, whatever, going to show up, whatever the fucking thing was, right? Yeah. Five of them will show up. Out of those that show up, you're going to close half of them. So you got two to three that you're going to close. And then out of those two, you're going to get, you know, 10 referrals a piece and there's, you know, 20 referrals or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And then dollars that you make per, you know, close on average. So like the law of averages was something I understood. Yeah. And I saw that work for years in sales where if I made my hundred phone calls, like, you know, shit was going to work. It was mathematical. It was always going to work. I see that. And so my brain's always worked that way. It's been very formulary thought process that's gone into all this makes a lot of sense knowing you yeah 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 that's it so you know when i say faith in in god's plan uh, really what i mean is is faith in the divine algorithm mm -hmm. you know because to me it sounds really impersonal and i'm trying to work on this definition whenever i remember to but it's you know i've always said like god is a binary fractal self-replicating algorithm that makes up all things mm-hmm it sounds very impersonal, and, I, and I'm, I'm I, trying to find a better coin for that. Yeah, that was very much my left brain, like, four years ago, spiral realization, and I was like, oh, this is it. Um, very Walter Russell. You need, you need a big title, and then that's the subtext. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, I, you know, I do try to have – I have a much more personal relationship with 
the with the all father than that mm-hmm. um but that's kind of what it is and so i've got faith in that spiral i got faith in that plan and there that 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 divine order of things i got faith in the algorithm the divine algorithm you know what i mean mm-hmm. so this year i have um it's, it's it's just little things man like i don't believe that i've survived like i've had a couple of really bad car crashes um you know and really bad um, things that I, I that happened when I was younger that could have killed me and maybe should have killed me. Um, I don't think that I, I that that destiny pulled me through all that shit to uh, to die from coronavirus. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or or mm-hmm. or stepping off a curb and getting hit by a car. But now, if I'm sitting there texting on my phone like a dumb shit walking through the parking lot, am I probably inviting a car to come hit me? Almost I'm moving. Certainly moving myself into that risk zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's another key thing is like have faith in the plan, but you've got to maintain mindfulness and mindful practices in your life. Uh, or you yourself are pushing yourself into that, into that space. Certainly. You know what I mean? People run a red light and they hit you. Well, yeah, it was them. And yeah, it may seem like an, you know, like a freak thing. And yeah, it doesn't seem like your thoughts created that reality, but were you really, paying attention would you may have maybe have seen them mm-hmm. you know you were telling me you ran that red light that one day and your mind was just off somewhere yeah family in the car and everything yeah bleeding red red and just fucking right just through went it. through i and mean had, and slipped through attack. the cars like i mean yeah like just shoo, 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 yeah, shoo, it was, right between them yep you know what i mean yeah terrifying your thoughts created that reality mm-hmm. definitely you know yeah so I think, yeah, I think I'm cool with leaving it there, and I'm glad that we, we kind of carried on. Um, that's it, man, is, is don't live in fear. Be grateful for what you have. And I don't just mean like like back burner, back of your mind, be grateful. I mean like fucking sit down on your knees, pray to whatever you want to pray to, whoever you want to pray to. And if you're looking for religious guidance, let me know because that's something that we're, you know, we, we do talk about and work on and, I, I, I'm considering putting together um, a religious sort of framework of my beliefs. People always ask me what, the, what, what I believe because I right. got so much weird shit. And you've, you've just cultivated this. so Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if, if you want, if you really want some guidance, we get enough feedback on that, shoot me a message on the comments or on Instagram or something like that, and we'll, we'll work on that. Um, but, but, but really meditate on, on being grateful for what you have. And for me, the other completing um, complimentary piece of that is is have faith in the process mm-hmm. trust the law of averages if you're in sales yes. have faith in the divine algorithm the um the the change your life formula it, it it works it really does it really does work it does work so that's it you got it. yeah 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 saint it um other than that um we've got uh we'll go ahead and wrap this up but we've, we've got the online story about the launch mm-hmm. we probably should have said this at the beginning got some shirts and yeah we got some shirts and we we've been testing out the different shirts different cuts different fits we've got a we're going to start um uh with a couple of ladies cuts uh like a t-shirt and like a flowy tank uh they're they're really cute and then a um like a, a crop top hoodie really cute girl shit hmm. and then um guys uh, we've got a couple of t-shirts and a hoodie as well and it's like my favorite shit that I've ever worn I, w- I wear all this stuff you know so mm-hmm. we're getting the same stuff that um, I'm already wearing and 
the designs we're working on are all awesome. We have lots of designs already, but we're probably going to launch with, like I said, about three for the guys, three for the ladies. Um, and uh, we'll have jewelry and all kinds of shit. That's Wokeshop.com. Funny name, Serious Sandwich. Uh, <laughs> 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 just wanted to make it make it easy to remember for everybody. I know the word woke is kind of a... It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing now. Yeah. It's kind of a stupid word, but it's uh, it'll be easy enough to remember, and I think that the uh, the feel of the store is going to feel genuine to everybody because it is genuine. It's a lot of love and effort and hard work and, and authenticity that's gone into making this thing, and it's been very much a grassroots thing where everything is American-made. Um, everything is, is uh, that we can get, particularly with, of course, clothing. It's hard to get you know artisans making the clothing. Making so we're, the actual we're getting shirts, that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these designs are coming from us, like from us, me, JC, our friends. You know, these are designs and concepts that we're coming up with. And um, we're getting great feedback on that stuff already. Uh, the jewelry and everything that's coming out um, as we roll this out. This is all done by small artisans and, and craftsmen and stuff like that. So it's all coming from, you know, from good people uh, that, are, that are doing what they're passionate about. So be on the lookout for that. There's no reason in the world why we will not be launched by April 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, so end, end of March, we'll be launching April 1st, whatever. And uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And um, what else? That's about it. Yeah, I don't and have more anything. Po- more podcasts coming up. I don't have anything either. We're going to go eat some Texan Mediterranean food because um, it's delicious. And as always, we love you guys. Um, oh, we were talking about elections. Next mm-hmm. week, we've got a podcast coming up with uh, Lyman Bishop running for governor of Montana. Nice. CEO and founder of Hoplite Armor. Um, uh, very articulate madman. And I'm really excited about this. Uh, speaking of politicians, uh, very hardcore individual. So it's going to be a little bit outside of what you guys may think of this show as being. But uh, whenever you catch that episode... I think you'll see um, why why we're doing this because it's not really as far out of bounds as you might think. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim's going to join us. That'd be fun. Jim the Brit. Yep. Uh, sniper from the British military. A uh, couple tours in Afghanistan, I think. Wonderful guy. Good buddy of ours. Total madman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, that officially is it. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever platforms. You can go to wayfinderpodcast.com and get access to all the platforms there. So if any of your friends or family want to know how to get the podcast, just send them a link, send them wayfinderpodcast.com. It's easy. Got all the platforms. All the things, all the all the places. Um, other than that, man, um, you guys get out of here. May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. May you be a sun on the paths of all men. So I got love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.